0: Welcome to the Anti-Woke Podcast. Let's play fast and loose with some hard and fast rules on race, gender, sexuality, foreign wars, anything the mainstream media is trying to deceive the American public about. And there's going to be some foul language, but let your children listen. It'll put hair on their chest. Or at least it will if you combine it with hormone blockers and testosterone shots. Now let's start by joking around with stuff you should never joke around with. Last week, the Black Little Mermaid movie came out and exposed America and its deep, dark racism. And this week, the Black Spider-Man movie came out and we're cured. There's no more racism. Africa's fighting over LG stuff. I don't think the B will be too shocking to them, But boy, when T and Q get there, it's really going to be going crazy. Pop quiz, Hotshot. Who would win in a fight? The Black Lives Matter rioters or the January 6 rioters? I'm not a Malacca. I read Playboy for the articles. The National Basketball Association is racist. That's why there's no black players. Well, enough of that. We ate our dessert before our supper. Now let's get into the meat and potatoes all right we finally got numbers for kids and their transgender medical intervention blah blahs and so this information comes from reuters which is united kingdom mainstream media absolutely rock solid trusted by everybody look up reuters transgender if you want the exact numbers i'm sure i'm going to misquote stuff but i'll be kind of curious to see what happens because the article is like Oh, you know, a bunch of kids were born in the wrong bodies or whatever, and then they got the gender affirming care to make them have a happy life. Like the way they word everything in the article is hey, transgender people, or people who are on the side say that they're on the side of transgender people, we're on your side too, don't get mad at us. And then here's all the straight up facts. So I don't, know, I don't know if people are gonna be mad about printing the numbers or not and no one has known any of these numbers until this study Um, and the way they did it is apparently insurance companies keep records of medical procedures that they pay for and somehow they were able to Reuters got that information and so this is like almost for all of America it includes Medicaid which is the government insurance for poor people it basically includes all the medical stuff in America except for the stuff you pay out of pocket and so we don't we don't know. I mean, this, this is the minimum amount of stuff that kids are getting done to them. It's more than this, but we don't know. Is it the, you know a little bit more? Twice as much? 10 times as much? We don't know. Insurance companies are pretty famous for not wanting to pay for stuff. It's like, I just need a $5 Band-Aid, otherwise I'm gonna die. And the insurance company's like, well, that's way too expensive for a Band-Aid. But medical schools are like the wokest institutions in all of America currently. And I'm sure every other bit of medical stuff is very woke, maybe including insurance companies. So maybe companies that will not pay for a single thing at all for anyone are like, oh, your 13 year old son wants the little bottom drawer snip snip, of course we'll cover it. And so this information covers like a few years up to and including 2021. And so kids age six to 17 About 5,000 of them got puberty blockers, and about 15,000 of them got hormone therapy. And I'm not sure, but I think um, puberty blockers maybe is a little bit more for boys. Like, you know, you don't want to become a big burly man and then try and act like a, look like a girl. And then hormone therapy, I think, is a little bit more for girls, like give me that testosterone, I want to get hopped up and have a party of a life. And you know, if you tell your friends about these stats, you can act all sad and say it's such a tragedy. I'm just excited to get the numbers. And now they're getting a little funny with the numbers here. I mean, so they say 6 to 17 on the hormone therapy blocker blah-blahs. So you're kind of like, uh, let me see this six-year-old, you know, who is giving their six-year-old this shit? But that's not the crazy stuff, right? The crazy stuff is surgery. And so they got the stats for surgery, but it's for kids age 13 to 17. Now, does that mean there was no kids under 13 who got surgery? Maybe Reuters couldn't find the information for kids under 13 who got snipped? Or maybe there's kids ages 6 to 12 who had surgery top and bottom or whatever. And Reuters ain't telling you about that because that would be too controversial. I mean, it sounds like some 13 year olds are getting surgery. It makes you think that there's probably at least one or two 12 year olds out there. But, anyways, we don't know on that. But so, kids age 13 to 17, drum roll, there was about 55 bottom surgeries and 750 top surgeries. And a bunch of these probably really are tragedies. It's, uh, it's going to be some what would have been gay men, who now are, can never have an orgasm and ain't got no junk downstairs. And then others that probably would have been lesbian women and would have wanted to get pregnant with IVF, but now they're barren and they ain't never having no kids. And I'm pretty sure Reuters knew if it was a girl or a boy getting the surgery, but they did, they did not release that. They're definitely hiding information. Was this boys getting the snip-snip or girls trying to create a something out of nothing? And to try and put it in perspective, you know, so it's, it's about a thousand uh, kids getting some sort of surgery. I imagine there's probably about a thousand kids, you know, drowned in swimming pools over that same period. And so that's also a tragedy and no one's going crazy over swimming pools. I mean, it's a country of 340 million people. Stuff happens. On the other hand, you don't go to the doctor and say, Hey doctor, could you drown my kid in the swimming pool? And so a quick recap on my opinion of trans stuff. I'm not anti-trans, you know, if it's the real kind, like the 2010 trans thing. Like I'm a 2010 liberal, you know, Obama style. I'm not woke like all this crazy stuff today. And so back in the day, there was a very small number of trans people, and they deserve respect, and that was all good. No one should make fun of them. No one should be concerned about them. And it wasn't changing the kids. And then today, it's a fad. It's a social contagion. Um, kids are going online, and, you know, like, boys that would have just been gay are going online and saying, oh, I can be a girl. I'm depressed. Maybe if I become a girl, I'll be happy. And then they're overwhelming bunch of the fat is young girls who are like, I'm depressed. I'll just be a boy. And of course, girls are all bisexual, so they can be whatever they want. But I was talking to my woke buddy on the phone the other day, and I was telling him these stats. He did not want to hear the stats. And so I told him, and he's like, oh, what am I supposed to do? You know, what am I supposed to think about that? Am I supposed to get like, you know, really upset and angry or whatever? And I was like, no, I'm just telling you the stats. you can do whatever you want with that information. And he's like, "Well, you know what? i'm'm I'm, I'm, I'm like a libertarian. Um, you know, people can do whatever they want. If they you know if they want to get surgery, the kids can decide. And I heard this retort from someone else, but anyways, then what I said was, "Oh, if a kid wants to have sex with an adult, is it okay for the kid to decide? Are you that kind of libertarian?" And obviously, this was a rhetorical trap, he saw that it was a trap. <laughs> and so he came back with, well, you know what, that's illegal, so, you know, it's against the law, the that, that case closed on that. You know, basically, he wasn't going to say how he, he do, you know, he doesn't think it's okay, but he wasn't going to say that he doesn't think it's okay, because then he'd be like, well, that's contradicting the thing you just said about the transgender stuff. And I could have kept going by saying, okay, well, in that case, if the Republicans in some red state outlaw transgender stuff, is that how you're going to make your decision? You're like, oh, it's against the law. All the Republicans decided. Therefore, I'm against it. But I didn't go down that route. I went down a different route, which is even more annoying to him. I pointed out that, you know, his, his, his libertarian, well, first off, he is the opposite of a libertarian. He hates libertarians. He's a hardcore lefty. He's never been libertarian about anything before, until this. But anyways, I pointed out my theory of the case, which is that, you know, he doesn't think that kids should be allowed to pick their own transgender surgeries because he loves humanity, he loves children, he wants children to live the best lives. He chose his position because people on the right hate kids doing transgender stuff, and he hates people on the right. So, you know, the enemy of your enemy is your friend, and so all of a sudden your friend is making kids transgender. And so there's a term for this, it's negative partisanship, at least when it comes to voting. And so, you know, like, why did you vote for Joe Biden? Because you love Joe Biden? No, because I hate Donald Trump. And obviously, Whatever. That was last time. The time before that was like, why'd you vote for Trump? Because you love Trump? No, because I hate Hillary Clinton. And so Wikipedia has an article on negative partisanship. I mean, psychology is probably completely made up horseshit. But insofar as as it is real, the theory goes that there's a negativity bias in the human brain. And so hating stuff is more powerful than loving stuff. And so I don't know if that's exactly true, but just there's a lot of things going on today where you're like, that doesn't make any sense. Why are people doing that? Why are they believing that or thinking that's true? And then you go, well, let me let me see if that fits fits in. You know, forget about what they like and what they say they like and what they say their reasons are. Forget all that and just go what do those people hate? Would that explain it? And it's like all sorts of stuff that is very mysterious, that's very convoluted. Like, oh, these seven things interact in a very Rubik's Cube type of manner to produce this amazing but rare result. Or, oh, that's just very easily explained by what they hate. And it works good in politics. Like, they've done polling. You know, Democrats, if you ask them, like, is Joe Biden too old? They're like, yeah. Yeah. They're like, would you like someone else to run instead of Joe Biden? They're like, hell yeah. You know, do you want Biden? No. And then you ask them, uh, would you vote for a Republican instead of Joe Biden? And they're like, hell no. And so what actually drives their vote is hatred of the right. And it goes both directions. But first off, this is the anti-woke podcast, so I criticize whoever I want. And second off, you know, they've done a lot of studies and there's a lot more hatred in the hearts of people on the left towards the right than vice versa. People on the left will say, those people on the right are haters. They're, you know, they're racist haters, which isn't true anyways. And then that justifies why they are actually the ones full of absolute hatred. Well, not absolute hatred, but, you know, they ask them like, Would you disown your daughter if she married a Republican? And Democrats are like, hell yeah. And Republicans are like, no, that's fine. She can marry whoever she wants. And everyone is fine with their daughter marrying a black man. But anyway, so why the hell would you vote for old ass Joe Biden? Well, it's very simple if you understand that you're just voting against the Republicans. But, you know, partisanship, I I feel like that just means politics. I wish there was another term for this because it goes beyond politics. Like, for instance, defund the police. You know, and Black Lives Matter. You know, do you love black lives and want to save lots of black lives? That's what people will say is their reasoning. But then, you know, the police are actually a stand-in for white people and, you know, people on the right. And so the real reason people want to do Black Lives Matter and defund the police is because they fucking hate white people and people on the right. And if you know 10,000 black men end up murdering each other over your little movement who cares that that, that 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 is neither here nor there what it is is you want to piss off people on the right you know maybe you can get them to get them to maybe you get to call them racist you know you call a riot a peaceful protest which pisses them off and then you can call them racist ooh that's fun And you know old school liberals like myself and you know my woke buddy we had the exact same opinion on everything in 2010 except he changed but if you would have asked us back then like uh do you think we should be teaching kindergartners about gender theory and they may not be the sex that they think they are and they've got options well me my buddy and everyone else in america in 2010 would have been No, I don't think you should be doing that with kindergartners. That sounds pretty weird and a little bit creepy. But now that stuff's a poke in the eye to people on the right, and so, I don't know, college-educated white women, aka teachers, think it's a great idea to teach that stuff to kids. And so I like this explanation for stuff. I mean, it seems to work, be reasonable. I'm going to keep an eye out for more things where negative partisanship is why people are actually doing what they're doing. And I'll report back to you here. So it's June, which is the month where the Supreme Court does all its stuff. It's like their Super Bowl or more likely their playoffs. Basically, they go on vacation for a bunch of months, which I mean, that's what I would do if I was in control of my own vacation. Then they hear cases for a bunch of months. And then in June, they issue their rulings. And last year, the big dog was abortion. This year, it's affirmative action. And what is affirmative action? Well, it's discrimination on the basis of race, but to help black people. And so that's made it kind of tricky. I think it's been five, four decisions have upheld it's okay to discriminate on the basis of race in this one kind of situation. For a long time, it's been five to four, even with Republican appointed judges. But anyways, this year it's different. Looks like they're going to strike it down. Trump got a bunch of judges in there. but this is a, It hasn't happened yet, but this is a big deal in the fight against racism against whites. So let's uh, go over it in preparation for whatever comes down the pipeline. I think it's comes down the pike, whatever that is. So about 20 years ago, famous Justice Sandra Day O'Connor, I think she was the first woman, she was Republican. She said, you know what? America's still racist. But in 25 years, America won't be, and then we can end affirmative action. And it's been about 20 years, so, you know, that's how the sausage is made. You don't actually go by the Constitution, you go by how you feel, and then you, whatever. You rule that way. I mean, basically, they say they go by the Constitution, but they're all only human. But there's two cases, University of North Carolina and Harvard, And then each of those hinge on a different thing, which is the 1964 Civil Rights Act, which says you can't discriminate on the basis of race. That's one of the colleges. That's Harvard. And then the other one is the Constitution says, the 14th Amendment says, equal protection under the law. And that's the University of North Carolina. So we'll see how the Supreme Court uses those things to split the baby. And they can go broad or they can go narrow. I mean, I don't think they'll do it, but they could say... Well, first off, they could say, Keep doing it. Discrimination is fine. You know, America's racist. Slavery. Jim Crow, haven't you heard of redlining? But what's, what's possible is a narrow one where they just say, Okay, Harvard and North Carolina, you guys got to stop doing it the way you're doing it. Why don't you try, doing, why don't you try discriminating some... You know, in this case, it's against Asians. Did I mention that? For a long time, they've been saying, you're being racist against whites. And the courts are like, that's not a thing. You can get fucked. But then they're like, oh, hey, you're also being Asian against Asians. In fact, forget about the white thing entirely. You're being racist against Asians. And the courts are like, oh, shit, you caught me. I don't like Asians and I'm Asian, but that's a tricky one. But anyways, if they go narrow, then just those schools maybe have to stop what they're doing and they can f- figure out some other thing to do. Or they can go broad and just be like don't do anything that looks anywhere close to discriminating on the basis of race like when you're choosing people it cannot be some people get a better chance because of their race and anytime someone is getting a better chance because of their race that just means that there's left less, less slots open therefore someone else is getting less chance because of their race and now the civil rights act it says you can't do it pretty much period you can't discriminate pretty much period in america but i I believe this one is only going to do university admissions. And then, you know, can you discriminate when you're hiring people? Well, you'll still be able to do that. And then that'll be coming in a year or two where they strike that down, most likely. Like I had a job at a really big electrician company. And we, we, worked, at the, we worked for the Veterans Administration hospitals. And those jobs pay a lot more money when you work for the feds. It was a good job. And every single person at my giant company was a white male, but the feds hire on the basis of race. And the way we got all those jobs was there was some contract, you know, some giant, you know, national contractor company where they put some native Alaskans on the board of directors. And then that meant the whole company was like, you know, if you hired anyone from the company, it was like, you're helping people of color. And so we got all these great contracts. Anyways, that may go away, you know, and the workers at the DMV may not be all women of color anymore. And when General Electric promotes a woman over a man, even though she's less qualified, that you know he'll be able to sue. All, right, all that's a pipe dream that ain't happening yet. I need to put down the fentanyl pipe. But the Supreme Court can go narrow or broad, and that'll just affect the cases. Because basically, you know, universities, especially, they're woke. Through and through. They're not going to say, oh, the Supreme Court said stop discriminating against whites and Asians. They're going to be like, okay, let's figure out a way to do it on the down low. And that's going to take some number of years to Bigfoot. And so the universities are woke. Well, you know where judges come from? They come from law schools. And you know where law schools come from? Universities. So there's woke judges all across the land who are going to be hearing, you know, the individual little discrimination affirmative action cases and they're supposed to go by what the supreme court said but they're like fuck them fuck trump supporters fuck all y'all and so they're gonna find different facts so when you have a court case you have the law and then you have the facts like if a robber is found dead from starvation in your kitchen is it your fault well, you know, were you there? Did you tie up the robber? Or were you, you know, you you were in Florida for six months and there was 12 feet of snow outside and you couldn't have known. Those are different facts. And the law, would, in that case, would stay the same. But anyways, so the law is about to change from the Supreme Court, but then all these woke judges will be like, well, you know, that's not really whatever. They're just going to make stuff up. They're going to make up woke stuff. Just like the media lies to you, the judges will lie to you. And they'll, be, and they'll keep the discrimination going, and it'll take a while to stamp that out. A couple other Supreme Court cases this year, um, whether or not the Biden administration can do student loan forgiveness. And the Supreme Court will probably just say, we're not going to decide, but if they do decide, they'll probably squash it. And then there's this Voting Rights Act thing where how do you draw the districts in southern states so that black people get a black person in congress to represent them and this one's tricky because like say you put all the black people into one district well then they're guaranteed to get a congressperson but maybe if you split them up just right they could get two or three congresspeople you know they could be 51 percent in two districts and heck if you really split them up just right if you just you know every district that's kind of close, you put some black people in each of those districts, then boom, those all become Democrat, and they get, you know, who who knows how many black representatives they could get. And that's called gerrymandering. And normally, whoever won the last election pretty much gets to do the gerrymandering, unless there's race involved. So is the Supreme Court going to say, all right, don't use race anymore? Or are they going to say, you can use it a little bit, or you got to make the maximum number of black people? Or anyways, we'll see what happens on that one too. And another one, California passed a law that said you can't sell pork in California if the pigs were raised in a mean, inhumane manner. And California is a giant pork-eating state, and so that means, you know, basically California is controlling how you raise pigs in the, wherever they, Arkansas or something, wherever they grow the pigs. Because if you can't sell to California, that's too large of an area you're just gonna to have to bow down but there's a law I guess or maybe Constitution even that says that one state cannot control another state so see how that one goes and Texas is suing the federal government because the feds are not stopping all the illegal immigrants and you know the, the federal laws say that the feds should stop the illegal immigrants and they say that the states can't stop them themselves And so, anyways, it's a big mess. Maybe they'll clear that up. And finally, there's this case where there's a woman. She's like a singer. I assume very attractive. I hope she is. In my mind, she's very attractive. But she had a crazy fan who was stalking her on the Internet. And I think he was schizophrenic or something. And he had been convicted of stalking other women. And really need to look at the direct quotes of the messages he was saying, but he was saying something like, you and me are meant to be together, and neither life nor death will keep us apart, or some other crazy stuff, but it has a free speech angle, because she read the messages, and she's like, this is a threat on my life, this guy's gonna kill me, but then the guy, he's crazy, he's like, oh no, this is just, you know, these are just sweet nothings that I always whisper to the ladies. So it's like free speech and what is a threat? Is a threat perceived by the listener or does it have to be known by the speaker? And that's another one. So this week I've heard about two American style culture wars that that are happening in foreign countries. Now Canada, Britain and Australia have the same culture war as us, but this is different. So some non-English countries are fighting over the Little Mermaid And then some English-speaking countries in Africa are fighting over LGBT... Actually, it's just LGB for them. They're fighting over LGB because they haven't gotten to the T fight. And so it's Ghana, Kenya, and Uganda, which I think are all former British colonies where they speak English. Or, you know, the people who speak something other than an African language speak English. And Uganda just passed some laws, maybe death penalty for... Gay sex, uh, if you rent an apartment to a couple gay people, you might go to jail yourself. Oh, and these three countries, I think they're all Christian. So basically, the, you know, the Western media feels it's okay to criticize Christian countries for LGBT stuff. I mean, I think there's Muslim countries in Black Africa where they are doing terrible stuff to gays, but, you know, the media never covers that. They're like... Those people, they don't know any better. It's not their fault. And then Kenya has been passing some hardcore anti-gay laws, but I think they have kind of like a Supreme Court system like we do or like Britain does. And the courts keep striking down their anti-gay laws. So they want to get hardcore about it, but they can't because of the courts. And I talked about Kenya in a podcast about a year ago uh, where they, they kill witches. And I think my information for that one and for the stuff I'm talking about here, it all comes from The Economist podcast. Where they told this story of some lady in a village and people were accusing her of being a witch and there was like a retarded boy who was laying on the ground, not moving, not talking. And they had this system where each person from the village would go up and spit on the boy. And then like whenever he sat up and talked, well, then that person was the witch. But everyone in the village spit on the boy, including the woman that they were accusing, and the boy didn't move, and the village is like, Well, screw that system, so they killed her anyways. And I wanna say they kill a thousand witches a year there. Um that's a hundred times more than unarmed black men killed by police each year in America. And also, the witches are innocent. Uh witchcraft is not a real thing, if you didn't know. And then Ghana is doing something, don't quote me on this part, but I think maybe they're trying to pass some laws that say don't be trying to, you know, don't teach gay stuff in school. Kind of like what we got going on here. And Ghana is the somewhat nice African country where, like if African Americans want to move back to the homeland, a lot of times they choose Ghana. And so those countries don't have Congress like America, they have a parliament like Britain. And so you're an MP, a member of parliament is the politicians who vote on stuff and they were interviewing, I think, a couple of MPs from different countries, and they were talking about the culture war. Like they, you know, they have the internet, they know what's going on. Uh, you know, pro- They probably know about Bud Light and the target boycott in America. And they're like, these Western countries are trying to make our countries gay. And apparently there's one or maybe more Christian groups in America that put a lot of money and effort into going over there and teaching those countries how to not be gay. And it makes me think of this guy who has a YouTube channel where he does man on the street interviews in Nigeria. And he'll walk up to a Nigerian high school girl in her little uniform and ask her like, who's president? And they'd be like, uh, uh, I'm not sure. He's like, well, if you had to guess, if you had to pick someone, they'd be like, uh, Trump? And I think it's, you know, if you're on the internet, uh, the world is is a small place. When you see the word president, what you're probably going to see next to it is Trump, even if you're in Nigeria. And high school girls are not the best informed. I mean, he does man-on-the-street interviews with other people, but he, he seems to single out, well, anyways. But there are American man-on-the-street YouTube channels, too, where there's one where the guy's always he goes and finds like young women in their early 20s in Times Square, New York and they don't know whoops, it's time for my dog's heartworm medication but anyways a lot of young women in America also don't know who's president, or they probably think it's still Trump Uh, international news update, nothing nothing's going on Turkey, they voted in Erdogan, so he's been there for 20 years. Anyways, basically, nothing changes in Turkey. Something crazy almost happened, but then it didn't happen. Ukraine doesn't seem like much to talk about. There's been some more attacks in Russia, so doesn't mean anything yet. We'll see if Russia gets really pissed off and, you know, do they have anything left in the tank to do something crazy because there's drones in Moscow or whatever. And then crime in America. I thought that I would have something amazing to say about crime every episode, but it was like two weeks in a row with no mass shootings, no nothing interesting. Hell, you know, I guess I'll talk about Chicago a little bit, uh, but you know, whatever. That's just It's just the same old, same old. Nine people were killed and 50 people were shot in Chicago over Memorial Day weekend, last weekend. And when the weather gets better, the shootings go up. I don't think nine is exceptional for June. And I won't make any jokes about Pride Month or getting ready for Juneteenth. But what's interesting is Chicago recently got a new mayor and they had a choice between a tough on crime guy or a super woke defund the police guy and they chose the woke guy. And there have been a bunch of rioting and looting and wilding out in Chicago um they might be doing it every weekend now anyways it was it was in the news a few weeks ago because the mayor was like you know will you criticize these rioters and looters and he's like no these are disadvantaged kids and they don't have enough you know whatever nice parks or something to to go do something more constructive so they have to go destroy the nice part of the city so this mayor has a theory of the case that it's I don't know, midnight basketball or whatever, whatever the 2023 equivalent of that is. That's how you stop all the crime and violence. And so, whatever, he's in there. We're a few weeks into his mayorship, and it hasn't stopped nothing yet. But we're keeping an eye on it. I mean, basically, I think defund the police gets you lots more murder. So I think that's the way it's going to go. But we're going to see. There were some free speech shenanigans on Twitter this weekend. The Daily Wire and their employee Matt Walsh have a movie called What is a Woman? It's about transgender stuff and it's not in support of transgender stuff, you've probably heard of it. But the Daily Wire, they made a deal with Twitter that, that I guess they were paying, like advertising, promoting the movie and they were going to let people watch it for free, I think on Friday on Twitter. Normally, it's behind a paywall on the thedailywire.com. And it's a good movie, like, regardless of your politics, it's an entertaining, fun documentary. Or I should say, if you can put aside your politics, probably. But anyways, they set up this big thing with Twitter, it was going to be great, they were going to promote their movie. Uh, and then when the movie came out, it was shadow banned. Like, basically, you couldn't find it by accident. Um, You couldn't barely find it at all. Uh, I don't know. I went and found it, and then, you know, just for fun, I went and found it and tried to retweet it and send it out to people. I mean, no one listens to me. Anyways, I just wanted to see that you couldn't do that, and the answer was I couldn't send it out. I couldn't retweet. And conservatives were like, Hey, Elon Musk, I thought this was a free speech platform. What the heck? And Elon said some weird stuff like, Oh, well, we're not going to censor it, but we're going to... We are we're not going to censor it at all except that we are going to censor it. I don't know. He said some ambiguous stuff. And then eventually, you know, did they resign on their own or they got fired, but a bunch of the top dogs at Twitter who were heads of trust and safety. Like I thought these people were gone, but anyways, the head censors had been staying at Twitter or a lot of them. And I think they were like I guess you know, they, I think they were tired of their job. They're like this is it this is when i'm gonna this is when i'm gonna censor stuff even though elon musk doesn't want me to as one last thing because i don't want to work here anymore and so a bunch of people are gone now and elon musk tweeted out a recommendation for the movie to his 100 million followers and i think 100 million views of the movie happened you know which is more than like any normal movie although you know half of those are bots or something or A lot of people just like clicked on it and didn't sit there and watch the 99-minute movie. But so, yeah, that all happened. I've been using my tennis racket-shaped bug zapper to kill mosquitoes while I'm making these podcasts. And I love that thing. It makes a loud sound and it explodes each mosquito. And sometimes it takes several explosions. And I was on Facebook maybe a year ago, and... This girl that I know from back from my high school slash right after high school days, um, she was like a friend of a friend. We were not friends, but she was the hottest out of the, you know, the whole group of everyone who knew everyone, she was the hottest. And so I was on Facebook, and she, like, called me, like a telephone call through Facebook. I'm not sure how that works. But I had posted on Facebook that I love the smell of burning mosquito in the morning, and that was why she called me, because she also loved killing mosquitoes with a tennis racket-shaped bug zapper. And now that we're all 50 years old, obviously I'm curious, what does she look like now? And so I checked out her Facebook pictures, and it's just pictures of her kids. Probably not a good sign. I had this funny realization that the January 6th rioters may actually be heroes. There's this concept that when you do civil disobedience, you accept the consequences. That fighting injustice is such an important thing that you go out and fight it even if the government's going to throw you in jail. And there are different types of civil disobedience. I mean, in America and a lot of other countries, um, peaceful protesting is legal. And then in China or other countries, peaceful protesting may get you run over by a tank. And so the year leading up to January 6th, had 570 Black Lives Matter violent riots. And the people who might have stopped those riots, they got the message loud and clear, stopping them, that's racist. Even if the rioters are all white, it's like you never even heard of slavery. I mean, basically the Black Lives Matter riots were treated as if they were legal, peaceful protests. Police departments were told to stand down by mayors, Vice President Kamala Harris was raising money to get rioters out of jail if somehow some of them got put into jail. And so it's kind of like, if the cops are falsely accused of being racist and killing unarmed black men, even though they barely kill any in a country of 300 million people, what's the best things for the cops to do? Well, go out and kill an unarmed white man. Better yet, count the number of unarmed blacks killed that year and make sure you the number of unarmed whites killed that year is a bigger number. And then it doesn't look so bad when inevitably some unarmed black man is, you know, taking a female police officer's head and smashing it on the curb concrete repeatedly, but he's unarmed and you got to put him down. Uh well, you know, at least at least the last two were white, you know, hey, give us a break. So it's the same thing with riots, you know, uh If a guy with schizophrenia wears a buffalo horn hat and peacefully trespasses in the Capitol building, well, you know, put him in solitary confinement for a couple years until he's turned into a pile of goo and accepts a five-year sentence. And if the higher-ups for the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers didn't even go to Washington, D.C. the day of January 6th, well, give them 20 years anyways. Basically, give them what they deserve under the law And then double it. That way when the much more common supposedly for racial justice riots come around you can at least give them half of what they deserve and the media will still call you racist but you done all you could. And so the January 6th rioters are heroes in a way. They took their lumps to show that rioting is not good and should not be tolerated. There's been kind of a slow-moving hate crime hoax and the National Basketball Association this year. So each year, reporters and sports announcers pick the uh, most valuable player for the NBA. And last year, they picked Nikola Jokic, which, I don't know, he's doughy, he's super tall, and he's white. He's from Serbia. And the best thing about sports is you can argue with your buddies about it. And so, you know, how do you pick the MVP? Well, there's two theories. One of them is you pick the best player in the whole league. And the other one is you pick the best player who's also on a good team. Like you don't want to pick some great player who's just on a team that just constantly loses. So because it's two options of choosing it and those aren't even mandatory, you can just do whatever you want. It just means there's arguing every year. So people argue over it every year but it's 2023 so this year they decided to throw race into it and so kendrick perkins who's that doesn't matter but he's a black sports announcer and he said Jokic was picked because he was white and a few other black sports talkers got in on that and they said it was racist to pick a white man i mean normally the nba doesn't talk about race a lot i mean black people won it's over. But, you know, it's just, it's that, it's like, it's the hate crime thing where the, the supply of hate crimes is teeny, but the demand for hate crimes is enormous. So you got to make them up. But so the sports writers and whatnot that picked the MVP, they heard that. They heard that it was racist to pick a white man. And so this year they picked a black man. But so here's the amusing part is last year, Jokic, And his team, the Denver Nuggets, they didn't do that good because he was amazing, but his teammates were all injured. But this year, he's amazing, and his teammates can play. And right now, they're in the NBA Finals. It looks like they're just going to crush and win the championship. And so he will be the best player, and he'll be on the team that won the championship. So everything all at once, there'd be no reason not to pick him. Except he was white. The recent Slate Money podcast was talking about the TV movie Writer's Strike. And they had some interesting facts. So it's the Writer's Guild Union versus the studios. And the total amount of money that the studios are paying writers is through the roof. Basically, writers overall are getting a ton of money. More than ever. But the number of writers has gone up even faster than the amount of money that there is to go around. So the median amount of money that, are, that writers make has gone down. You know, Maybe the total money has been doubled, but the number of writers has been tripled. Something like that. And apparently it's the same thing in the mu- uh, music industry. Like with Spotify and music streaming, Amazon and Apple, um, there's more money than ever to go around. But I think because of the internet, there's just a ton of people who think that they are going to be rock stars, or or more likely they enjoy making music, and they get a little bit of money. And there's just tons of those people, which kind of brings down, again, the median. And so Slate Money has a woke black woman, a woke white woman, and then it has Felix, who runs it, and he tries to be woke, he wants to be woke, but he knows what's going on in the world in reality, so he and he can't bring himself to lie, so messes him up sometimes. And so the ladies go on and on about how $5,000 a week isn't that much money. Oh, you gotta pay taxes. I mean, everyone pay, Anyways. That's stupid. Everyone pays taxes. It's like, oh, you gotta pay your agent. You gotta buy a house. It's like... I mean, tell that to someone making $500 at McDonald's. Anyways, the, the writers are pampered as hell. And I did a Longer version of all this, probably a month ago. You know, I was a knee jerk union supporter, and then it turns out not all unions are actually helping the world, some of them are evil, etc. But the poor, the ladies are like, These poor writers only making five thousand dollars a week. And Felix is like, Yeah, the average writer makes two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. And so that is not a number that the Writers are putting out there the writers have gotten the media to carry their water to Tell the facts that make the writers look good and withhold the facts that Make the writers look bad. And so you know, no one knows. Oh average salary quarter million dollars They didn't say what the median is but the median is actually the number you want to use here somehow the world got stuck using average but really usually the median is the more relevant number at least when it comes to money so you know like let's imagine you've got a room of people in it are bill gates and you know nine chicago gangbangers who just got out of prison well the average net worth of the men in that room is three billion dollars or something yay we're all billionaires But the median net worth in that room is probably five dollars which means five of those people you know don't have any money in fact they're in debt and then five of them have more than five dollars including bill gates so spider-man across the spider-verse came out this week it's doing quite well it made 120 million over the four-day weekend Uh, for context um, Super Mario Brothers made 146 million, and Little Mermaid made 95 million. And so you know, that was a, a Black Little Mermaid, and now we got a Black Spider-Man movie. And it was kind of funny, kind of like the NBA thing I talk about in this episode. But the Little Mermaid came out. It, you know, last week, it didn't do great. Um, there was false accusations of racism flying around everywhere. Basically, there was a review. There was review bombing, and then you're racist if you review bombed Little Mermaid. Anyways, and then the next week came out the Black Spider Man, and everyone loves it. Everyone's happy. No review bombing. No racism. There we go. One week later, the world, the, the, all the racism in America got solved somehow. Basically, woke people online had their fun. They got to make false accusations of racism for a week, and then. Darn it. Of all movies to come out one week later, it was the Black Spider-Man one. And it happens to be a really, really good movie, apparently. And so it just shot the whole narrative to shit, and whatever. Get ready for the next one. And so the narrative for The Little Mermaid is kind of doom and gloom, and it's not doing good overseas. And then the narrative for Spider-Man, Spider-Verse, Uh, is wow this is doing great um no mention but it's not doing good overseas the narrative is is it's doing great first one did bad this one's doing great but you look at the stats they're both doing similar similar stuff like not doing great overseas and you know how do you tell if a movie is good well you got to compare it to something so the little mermaid is being compared to the three other live action remakes from the Disney Renaissance. The Disney Renaissance is when they came out with Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, um, Aladdin, and Lion King. And so Little Mermaid is the last of those four to be remade, there ain't, there ain't no more of those. And three of those made a billion dollars. And Aladdin is the one that people are comparing it to the most, and so now here's what I'm looking for. Will the Little Mermaid make less than half of what Aladdin made? I think if it makes ha- half, then less than half, and everyone's like, wow, that was a flop. Which will still be $500 million. You know, way more than most movies make. But this, is, this ain't most movies. And Little Mermaid and I'll call it Spider-Verse 2. They both got cinema scores of A. So, I mean, people like them. The reviews for Spider-Verse 2 are just absolutely gushing. But that's subjective. You know, the, the objective score is still an A. Did not get an A+. I thought it was going to get an A+. A-pluses are rare, but, um... Spider-Man 3, you know, the... Spider-Man 3 of the third trilogy of Spider-Mans, or whatever, the re- most recent live-action Spider-Man, that one got an A+, for instance. And so Spider-Verse 2 is it's not being compared against that one, which made, like, $2 billion. It's being compared against Spider-Verse 1, which was a total flop. No one thought they would do a sequel to it. Um, anyways... So it's looking, it's looking really good compared to Spider-Verse 1. And so The Little Mermaid is race-swapped. It's a black Ariel, like, you know, Ariel, the character. But Spider-Verse, it's a black Spider-Man, but it's not a black Peter Parker. In fact, Peter Parker is in the movie. I mean, this gets a little complicated, but so Spider-Man is from Marvel Comics, but the movies are made by the movie studio Sony. So even though all the other Marvel stuff is Disney, and people maybe are boycotting Disney, well, Spider-Man is Sony, so they're not boycotting it. I mean, you know, we don't know exactly. But I guess it makes you wonder. If they would have made a movie that was called, like, you know, The Medium-Sized Mermaid, and The Mermaid was black, you know, maybe no one would have cared. I guess, I mean, I don't think I'd be watching The Medium-Sized Mermaid movie, but uh, I wouldn't care. So maybe that can be a lesson to, uh, I don't know, the studios. Just make a separate one that's black instead of changing the white one. Like the very exactly specific white one. Although, like I say, I mean, America's not racist. The movies are all doing good in America. It just seems like overseas people have soured on it. And, you know, who the hell knows what's going on in other countries? And then I haven't seen anything good this week. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret, comes out on Tuesday. On what? I don't know. I pirate my stuff, so. For me, it comes out on Tuesday. I think I might watch that movie. And is that enough talk about The Little Mermaid on the Anti-Woke podcast? No. The Weekly Planet is a podcast where a couple Australian guys talk about the movie of the week. It's named after the Daily Planet, which was the newspaper in Superman comic books. So it's a bit of a comic book nerdy perspective but they talk about everything and they're both really funny and Australian. And they're just a little bit woke but not very but uh, when they're talking about The Little Mermaid they bring on one of the guy's wives and she really liked the movie and I want to play a clip from her.
1: Well, joke's on you because that could never happen because I'm the most enthusiastic person that's ever lived and I love this movie. All right, then we'll see
0: Let me explain that.
1: to yeah. you Dum Dums why it's so oh, wow. good. I, I know, this. I know. So, I know, I feel bad. I, I didn't really know <laughs> It's that. fine, yeah. I'm so sorry. Okay, so when when you watch this movie as a kid, and people who loved this movie, I know my brother loved this movie as yeah. well. It means a lot to him too. Because that, that whole scene in the cave is about, I know this is really obvious, but it's about like wanting to be somewhere different and being trapped where you are. Mm. And I think that's a really good important and deep narrative for a lot of women but also a lot of queer people too Mm -hmm. where they feel like they want to be someone new where they feel like they have this sense that they're someone else and they really are longing to be there and it's kind of like representative i guess as well of being like a tween or a teenager and being stuck in a really conservative household or in a place where you can see this version of who you want to be but you can't quite get there for lots of different reasons and that's why that song means so much to so many people. Why Hallie Bailey did such an incredible job with that song because she managed to sing it in a way that was even more poignant than the original Ariel.
0: I mean, you get, like, the emotions and whatever.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a great, it, that what a great way to summarise what Claire has just said there. It's about the emotions <laughs> yeah. and whatever. And also being a woman of colour as yeah. well. You cannot, like, count... That narrative too. No, and as you've uh, probably heard, or maybe you haven't... Yeah, it was really controversial. um, I know. But yeah, there's a lot of people who were like...
0: It doesn't even make sense from a scientific perspective.
1: Which is ridiculous. Fucking roommates,
0: who cares? But also,
1: as so many people said online as well, that kind of... Narrative of a mermaid or a merman has been in so many different cultures around the exactly, world. right? Yeah. And in Indigenous cultures particularly. Yep. So it's just ridiculous to think that a woman of colour couldn't play Ariel. I think she's brilliant in it.
0: And so that's kind of the gist of, the, of her review of the movie. And I think most of the women and girls and... Anyways that I know if they heard that review, they'd be like, yeah, yeah, sounds right to me, sounds like a good movie. And this does not apply to female anti-woke podcast listeners, but her review just makes me think women are stupid. They don't realize what they're saying. So you have to read between the lines a little bit to get what she's saying in her review, but let me see if I can get it in order. She's saying that men are evil, straight people are evil, Christians are evil, whites are evil, and finally straight white men who write stories about little mermaids can get fucked. Because if you can't be who you want to be, that means someone is oppressing you. And obviously if someone is oppressing you, I mean that's an evil thing to do, so therefore that's an evil person. So she has her list of oppressed people, which is women, queers, non-Christians, and people of color so it's just classic identity politics where she's a racist and a bigot every which direction and she don't know it as she sits there with her white husband and her white baby not being oppressed by anyone at all I feel kinda bad saying that women are stupid without backing it up with some facts so first off when you say women are stupid not all you know, that's a generalization. It doesn't mean there doesn't exist a smart woman. And second off, stupid, idiot, those words, they actually mean you're wrong. Like, I like Cheerios more than I like Frosted Flakes. You idiot, Frosted Flakes are way better. doesn't mean you have low IQ and you couldn't pass a math test. It just means you're wrong. And does it mean that men are not wrong? Well, here, here, here are the stats. Two-thirds of women... Think that feelings are more important than the truth so one-third of women think that the truth is more important and men are the flip side of that one-third of men think that feelings are more important and two-thirds think the truth is what's important So I guess it'd be more correct to say that women are two-thirds stupid but you know if you round that off that's 100% and you know you could say that men are two-thirds smart which you could round off or if you're rounding to the nearest half The men and women are both stupid and smart. I lost a lot of weight, and it's not causing me anxiety. It's, uh, I'm not sure. It's making me go, God damn it. So my hobbies revolve around making stuff. Podcasts for one, but stuff out of wood and especially metal. Oh, and then the other hobby is I like to go garage sailing and buy junk on Craigslist. Although now Craigslist is replaced by Facebook Marketplace. So like today, I've been working on my pile of scrap metal. I just, if I have, if I see metal, I take it and then I throw it in a pile and then the pile becomes insufferable and then you got to clean it up. And then I also bought a 20 foot wide, 80 foot long marijuana growing greenhouse off of uh, Craigslist. Where I live, marijuana is like It was the number one industry everyone's going out of business I don't grow or sell marijuana but anyways and everyone else is starting to not grow or sell it but they have these giant you know industrial sized greenhouses that are now showing up on Craigslist for cheap I got my I got it for like 250 but it's old and funky and they when they took it apart they messed it up so they pounded a bunch of metal pipes into the ground and then those pipes filled up with dirt you know as you pound it into the ground the dirt goes up the inside So I got all these metal, big-ass metal pipes full of dirt, and it's like, I mean, it's in there almost like concrete. And so I got out my pressure washer for the first time this summer, and anyways, I cleaned like one pipe, and then the pressure washer stopped working. So I've been cleaning up metal, and I've been shooting water into the butt end of a dirty pipe, having the dirt come, you know, coming straight back at me, covering me in mud. And I don't know if I'm going to get to this project today, but I... I also got some welding to do, which shoots out little pieces of molten, little BBs, except they're much smaller than a BB. Little tiny pieces of molten steel come shooting out, and it doesn't hurt you, it's kind of weird, but it puts holes in your clothing. So all that is to say that I am rough on my clothing. Oil and melted holes. So 10 years ago, I was learning to be an electrician. I was going to school for it in Portland, Oregon, and I started going to this Sunday night thing at a friend's house where we'd watch Game of Thrones and then Mad Men, if you remember those shows. And it was a potluck, and you'd have good food and good drink, and there'd be like attractive women there, and we'd all hang out and talk. And it made me want some better clothing. And Portland doesn't have that good of thrift stores. And I went to some thrift stores, and like the t shirts, which was one thing I was needing. They were more expensive there, used ones, than brand new ones at Walmart. So I didn't like those options. I mean, a normal person would just say, well, you know, go to a different store and t-shirts cost... I don't know what normal people pay for it. What do you pay for a t-shirt, dear listener? You pay like 20, 30 bucks? Anyways, I'm way too cheap and I love the hunt. You know, it's like uh, going out for a woolly mammoth. And if you catch a woolly mammoth, you feel great. Well, that's how I feel about garage sailing. So I garage sale, many garage sales every weekend, month after month, never finding a bunch of good t-shirts. You know, women's clothing is a dime a dozen. You could, you could fill a garbage can like every day with brand new nice women's clothing, but you cannot find good men's clothing because, you know, why would you get rid of good clothing if you're a man? The answer is you wouldn't. But one day I went to this garage sale, and I think they were like a... Consignment shop. There's some sort of thrift store fancier. They're like a fancy version of a thrift store Someone thought that was a way to make a bunch of money It wasn't they went out of business and so they're having a garage sale selling all the crap from the store and once again, it was 97% women's clothing, but anyways there it was the holy grail I got like 10 really nice t-shirts for I don't know what 15 bucks I won't try to describe them cuz I have a fashion sense of a slug, but let me tell you, they were nice. And maybe I wore them to watch a couple episodes of Game of Thrones and then the season ended and then there I was with all these nice t-shirts. And if I wasn't going to that nice dinner thing, basically I had no use for them just about, you know, if I wear them one day they're ruined. So I think I've moved 6 times since then and I've just moved from city to city, from apartment to house to blah 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 and just take my 10 nice t-shirts and just leave them there. All I folded them up, I don't even always fold up my t-shirts, but those are all nicely folded up. They were in a tote and I just, whatever, took them around the state. They probably traveled 3,000 miles, well over 600 anyways. So a few months ago, I got a wild hare and I just started gathering up clothing. I got tons of totes full of clothing and uh, I took a bunch to the thrift store and anything that I thought wasn't worthy of someone else owning, I burned it. I just had bonfires, and I burned clothing, I burned Carhartt overall, like, one pair after another. All sorts of stuff. It was a big fire. And I should say, worn-out overalls. Ones that I, would like, patched with pieces of carpet or something like that. But I gave away my ten nice t-shirts, and then... Well, okay, oh yeah, this... this the whole point of this story is just for this one little line here. So the t-shirts were size large. I was fat and I wore an extra large. And so I was, you know, I was like, should I give these to the thrift store? I don't know. And I was like, you know what? It would be a small price to pay if I had to buy new t-shirts because I lost weight. It would be so wonderful and amazing to lose a ton of weight that who cares if you have to buy some new t-shirts to replace the ones you gave away. And so here I am now in the future I've lost a ton of weight. Like how much weight? It's so freaking much that I'm afraid to tell strangers on the internet that, I mean, you guys may not even exist. You may all be bots, but I'm afraid to even say how much I lost. It was a ton. 2,000 pounds or at least 600, just joking. But here I am in the future. I'm pretty sure I have a bunch of size large, crappy shirts with holes in them somewhere, but I can't find them. So I got one shirt. It's got a big hole in the armpit my dog has a cold nose and he always goes straight at that hole and gets up in there and gives me the shivers and i should be washing the shirt because it's my only shirt but if you only got one shirt what do you wear while you're washing your shirt and so all that is what made me go god damn it man i wish i had those nice t-shirts back i mean i would take a paintbrush And dip it in dirty motor oil and paint a big X on the front of every one of them. If I could just have them back. All right, fast forward to the next morning. I'm getting my clothes out to put on after my shower. And there's a t-shirt at the bottom of my main clothing drawer. And you can tell I'm a drain on society because nothing in my drawer is folded or organized. I try and keep socks to the left and underwear to the right. Other than that, it's a free-for-all. And so there was this fabric sticking out from the sock pile and i thought it was this old style of underwear that i'm going away from because the mice keep eating it but as i'm pulling it out it keeps coming more and more kind of like those ribbons that magicians pull out of their sleeves and so it's obviously a shirt for a fat man but it's inside out so i don't know what's on it is it you know does it have a stupid picture on it or what and so there's a little bit of drama And so i turn it right side out and on the front it says i scored high on my drug test god damn it the task and purpose youtube channel had a good breakdown of india versus china and i think task and purpose is the name of a famous magazine that's made by the u.s army for themselves to read and i watched the video a couple days ago i'm gonna go by memory so don't quote me But I think India got away from Britain and became its own country in, like, 46. And then China got taken over by the communists in 49. So new governments right next to each other. Are they going to be friends? Well, it's like that commandment, um, love thy neighbor. Well, the reason why that's in the Bible is because people fucking hate their neighbor. So what's the issue? Uh, It's the classic ones, um, land water oil and so i'm going to describe a map which with words which is a terrible way to do it and i'm going to say left to right because uh, otherwise i have to go um west to east like that's how long it takes me to think about it so starting on the left you got africa then you got the middle east then you got pakistan then you got india then you got a mix of little countries where the people look like they're from india like Bangladesh and Bhutan. What's Bhutan? I don't know. And then you got China. Except at the top of India there's a little place where Pakistan, India, and China all meet and all have a border. And I think a lot of that place is called Kashmir. You may have heard of it. Uh, I think that's a Led Zeppelin song. Oh, and a type of sweater. And a place that is in Pakistan but India says it's theirs, and they fight each other over it and kill each other occasionally. And so India and Pakistan don't agree on that land. And then there's a, another part where India and China are next to each other where they don't agree on that land. And uh, kind of the, the most interesting part of this YouTube video is talking about how they, the Indian and Chinese armies fist fight each other to death. And obviously there's a long story about why they're fighting over some land, but anyways, they're fighting over some land, now why are they fist fighting? Well, there's a line, they, they drew a line in some um, treaty, and it says you cannot take guns within two miles of that line. So both countries have like armies, and tanks, and guns, and missiles, and airplanes, and everything. They have everything you could imagine for killing the other side. But it's two miles back. And so When they actually go meet each other, they basically have to do it, well, without guns. It was not clear to me if they could use swords or not. The video clips that I saw, it was, I don't know, like they had like axe handles. Just like giant, you know, hundreds of people on this side in in army gear and hundreds on the other side are just going at each other with axe handles and fists. So that's kind of fun. And I think most of the stuff I'm talking about, I think it's the Himalayas, like Mount Everest. I don't know, like... You know, makes uh, Denver, Colorado look low, so like they're fist-fighting in the freezing cold snow terrible weather you could even imagine. So that's a lot of the land they're fighting over. Now we got uh, water. So on the upper left side of China is Tibet, which I think that's a part of China. I think they took it over in the 50s. And why do they do that? Because Tibet is a giant plain, way high up in the mountains, that just collects rainwater and creates a bunch of rivers flowing out of it. Like Oregon and Washington State, our Tibet is called Canada, and they're a big flat spot that collects the rain and sends the water down to us in the Columbia River. But anyways, China knew they needed that water, because all their rivers, or a lot of their rivers start in Tibet, so they took it over. But then here's the thing. This is kind of like the Colorado River, which ends in Mexico, and it's like a little drip, drip, drip. Uh, So the rivers, they go from Tibet, they go through China, China, you know, pisses in them and drinks them or whatever. And then they go into India and then they go to the ocean. So India gets the sloppy seconds. And so India has never made a move to go grab the top of these rivers from China, but China doesn't trust them and always puts a lot of military stuff there on the border with India and that's kind of why they've been mad at each other. So now let's do oil. Um, So, Pakistan is part of China's Belt and Road Initiative. You may have heard those words. But basically this is where China is building like roads and train lines and shipping ports and blah blah. Like in Africa and Middle East Countries all over the world, so they can just move their, you know, made-in-China stuff around. But most of what they've done is build roads and rail lines that go from China through Pakistan down to the ocean. That's whatever ocean they got in the Middle East. And right now, when China buys oil, they buy it from the Middle East, and then it has to go on a boat, a long route around India over to the right side of China. But they want to get it straight from the Middle East through Pakistan, right into China, over the land. And part of that road is in Kashmir, which India says they own it, even though it's Pakistani. So everyone doesn't get along over that stuff. And why do they need a different route for the oil? That's where America comes in. So the American Navy has tons of ships all around China, surrounding China. And we don't stop the oil, but we could. So China wants a second route for the oil from the Middle East that America can't stop, basically. Now let me teach you a little Greek. So in the Greek language, malaka means man who masturbates. It's kind of like jackass or bendejo. And I only know that word because it's in like the 1984 movie Weird Science. Great movie, check it out. I'll put a clip after I'm done talking but there's also something called the Strait of Malacca which is, it's like a mile wide and any ship that's taking oil from the Middle East to China has to go through the Strait of Malacca so America, you know, if we could just stop China's oil right there in the Strait of Malacca one, one mile wide thing, basically we could stop the oil real easy and America doesn't like China so we, we're buddy-buddy with the military of India and so like, we use our satellites and our intelligence and blah blah to help India in their little fights. You know, a lot of times just fist fights with China. So that keeps everyone riled up and the whole place is kind of unstable. Oh right, and you know another country that we, America, helps out with intelligence and satellites and stuff like that? Ukraine. Here's the clip. Ready, lady? Tell me something. What's a beautiful bride like you doing with a malacca like this, huh? It's purely sexual. No shit. She's into malacca's, Dino. (laughs) (laughs) She's into malacca's. Do you believe that? Twitter handle at Anti Woke Podcast. Please tell a friend about this podcast. Go find Anti Woke Podcast on YouTube if you want to hear my voice superimposed over girls in bikinis. And thanks for listening.